Hello, everybody, and welcome to What the Health, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. I'm Lena Lahire, certified personal trainer, nutrition coach, best-selling author, and psychology student at the University of Calgary. I'll be discussing topics that range from nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and everything in between so you can feel confident in how to move towards better health physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's get into our topic for the day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. I want to preface this episode by giving a disclaimer that I will be discussing topics of a sensitive nature, such as weight and disordered eating. If these topics are triggering for you, I would lovingly suggest that you don't listen to this episode and come back at a later time. Please respect your journey and take care of your mental health first. With that being said, joining me today, I have a special guest, Kate Reese. Kate is an online coach, personal trainer, and certified nutritionist. Her and her partner run Beyond Fitness Coaching, an online coaching company helping everyday people reach their goals, which varies from weight loss, weight gain, HA recovery, building a healthy relationship with food, and overcoming body image issues. Her passion for coaching has very much come as a result from her own struggles with food and body image and wanting to help as many people as possible to avoid what she went through. It's an absolute pleasure to have her on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Kate and I were just talking before we started the show and I've been following Kate for at least a year. I actually Mm -hmm. found you when I was going through HA recovery myself. Oh, no way. That's so interesting. Yeah. So I look like I, I found this hashtag, hashtag HA Mm -hmm. recovery, and all of these different women were posting um, about their journeys and you came up all the time. And I just felt Mm. that you're so relatable. You're so relatable. And it was just, you were one of those accounts that really helped me get through that period of my life. Thank you. No, it it means a lot. Do you know, it's funny, um, me sharing my journey was something that I wasn't, I didn't really do until I'd got my first recovery period. And in hindsight, I wish I'd shared more during my recovery now, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just because I get that feedback a lot from people um, that they found my account when they were struggling with it and um, my content really helped them. So no, hearing that means a lot, obviously. Yeah. And you, and you never know who you're affecting, right? Like Kate is, mm-hmm. is in the UK. I'm in Calgary. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it's cool. You've affected someone halfway across the world and you didn't even know it. You know, that blows my mind. I think I underestimate as well, like the power of social media um, and Instagram. And it does sometimes take just somebody messaging you being like, do you know, that post really helped me. And you're like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. we're doing something good here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, more than just my mom listened to my podcast. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so can you tell our audience a little bit about your background, how you got into fitness and nutrition and what your journey kind of looked like from the beginning? Absolutely. Um, honestly, my journey has been, I would say that I've probably struggled with my weight, um, body image, things like that since as early as I can really remember. Um, I remember actively dieting, you know, when I was kind of like 14, 15 years old um, and being very conscious of my body, the way I looked. Um, I'm very tall, which I How think tall are a lot- you? I'm 5'10". Oh, I'm 6'1". So- 
Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I think that a lot of my issues stem originally from being taller like and being feeling bigger um and it's something that like I always laugh I remember coming back from like a summer holiday when I was about 14 15 and suddenly I was like a foot taller than everybody else and it was just like what happened over the summer um and I think from there going forward it was almost like I I need to be smaller because I feel I feel like I stand out too much I feel quite uncomfortable um and yeah that kind of triggered a very up and down relationship when it came to dieting when it came to exercise um all through my teens my late teens going into uni um I was very much an all or nothing kind of girl you know I was either being super strict being like so quote unquote good um going to the gym all the time and then I'd have like one slip and that would be me you know it would be spiral city I just I I would completely just probably go backwards mm-hmm. um and it was very much up and down for me. It was only really probably my last year of uni when I started just honestly just really enjoying exercise. Um, I was working with a t- PT for a little bit um, and started seeing some results. My nutrition at the time still wasn't great, um, but I was just really enjoying exercising. I was feeling stronger, feeling quite empowered um, training. And it was something that I was really doing for myself. Mm-hmm. Um and then I guess, you know, uni ends, you know, that kind of student life, and you're thrown into the corporate world. Um, I actually, I studied in hospitality okay. and tourism. Um, so I went straight into a job doing marketing um, for a um, events and catering company, which then I ended up doing like sales and wedding planning and event planning and things like that for them mm-hmm. um, and throughout that time that the whole kind of exercise thing kind of fell off the way, fell off the cliff again you know I built this consistency was really enjoying it and then real life happened and I just couldn't maintain it um, it was only really when things started feeling really tough with the job that I was doing that I then really turned back um, to exercise um, and refound my love for it massively. Um, that's when, you know, things got quite tough with my mental health as well. My mental health took a bit of a turn for the worst doing the job that I was doing. Um, and I, I say that kind of at that point in my life, exercise training was really the one thing that made me feel good it got me up in the morning if I could start my day with a workout you know I was like right I can face the day today I can do it Mm. um and yeah from there you know the the job that I was doing came to a little bit of a head and I knew that I needed to I needed to do something different but I just didn't really know what and as I said exercise was the only thing that I was enjoying um so I ended up doing the PT qualification on the side didn't really tell anyone I was doing it I just kind of made the decision and was like no I'm gonna do this for me um and if more comes of it more comes of it um I ended up quitting the job that I was doing um and then I started working in a commercial gym a couple of months later and that's kind of where you know my career path into the industry started but in terms of like personal journey um I'm quite open that I've suffered quite a lot with like disordered eating um you know binge eating bulimia quite orthorexic at times mm-hmm. um as I said a very all or nothing very all or nothing mentality um and I'd say that that probably got worse as I entered the industry and as I started working in the industry um, from probably a pressure 
standpoint um you feel like you need to look a certain way <laughs> you, you you feel like for people to take you seriously and I don't know um you know if anyone listening to this who is in the industry when you first start I mean if before you've done as a PT qualification yes you learn the basics and you can you know train somebody in a gym and you know you know the mechanics of it all but you don't really know what you're doing you know and you're you're there thrown into the deep end with so many other people so many other like trainers who have been there for years and you want to stand out um and quite often you know it's a very aesthetic run industry you can't deny that Mm. um so that first year in the industry I did lose quite a significant amount of weight um I would say that my binge eating hit a real head at this stage. Um, it was really quite extreme bulimia as well. It wasn't, I was not in a great place with that. Um, and I subsequently lost my period as a result of that. Um, and that was kind of, so that was probably 2018 going into 2019 when things were probably the bleakest, I would say with that. Um, all while I was still training people, you know, you would never know from the surface. Um, And then it was only really probably the middle of, I want to say last year, but it'll be the year, year before now, 2019, um, when, um, my, my partner, Jake, he, he'd kind of flagged up, you know, that my period had stopped and he was getting comments from other people being like, is Kate okay? You know, she's, she's lost a significant amount of weight. I didn't see it. I did not see it. Honestly, that the whole body dysmorphia thing is actually quite scary in hindsight. Um, I look back at photos of myself and there's no way I thought I was that small at the time. You know, I still I still had the weight to lose. I still needed to keep going. Um, and it was only really him that, you know, helped me kind of see see sense, I guess. And then there was very much just a time where I was like, actually, no, like I am a role model and I am putting out this information out there and I'm just not healthy myself like I'm not in a good place myself but I know that I need to um do something about it and I ended up you know embarking on the whole recovery weight gain journey to get my period back Um, and luckily you know within a couple of months things started working as they should um I actually started working with a coach myself not long after that that was game changing for me um genuinely having another opinion you know you know somebody else to kind of bounce off of um, even as a coach myself it's hard when you are in it it's hard when your emotions are involved um to make decisions and to be rational and to be objective so having somebody else there was a real game changer for myself and yeah that's when I I focused a little bit more on things like strength and performance and that's that's kind of about where where I'm at now to be honest yeah I definitely you know working as a personal trainer myself I can relate so much to that pressure to look a certain way and Mm -hmm. I mean you know I love the fitness industry for so many things and reasons but there is this really dark side to it Mm -hmm. and it's some of it's, um, you know, external, but a lot of it is intrinsic within us. And absolutely, you know, it's like, uh, there were comments when I started training that, um, no one hires a fat trainer. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. People saying stuff like that. And you're acutely aware of what you look like all the time. 
yeah yeah it's like well you know you've got to practice what you preach you yeah. know why would you why would you take the advice from somebody who clearly can't do it themselves yeah um, and honestly like I know so many amazing trainers who yeah aren't in like what you would consider as incredible shape but they're so smart they have the experience yeah. they have the knowledge um and I, I I do think it's a lot to do with you've you, you hit the nail on your head there a lot of it is internally you know it's that almost you don't feel it's that I think it's a lot of it is imposter syndrome as well that's something I still suffer with quite a lot of the time and that feeling of you know am I good enough to be doing what I'm doing and yeah it, it's definitely um something that I would still say I'm working through even now um it's a very aesthetic industry and you you can't you can't get away from that sometimes yeah yeah so you know that that's one question that I had for you because you're you know if anyone follows Kate on um social media and, and she'll tell you where to follow her um when the show is done but she really puts out a healthy balance of posts which I love about your account I feel like it's a really safe space for people to go not only to get fitness advice but to get like mental health nutrition Mm -hmm. um you know all encompassing how do you maintain that healthy balance between being in an industry that has these undertones but Mm -hmm. still maintaining that healthy relationship with your body and food do you know it's something I'm hyper aware of because I'm very conscious that a lot of my following have come from like a HA background or a disordered eating background so it's something that I am definitely very aware of when I put content out there and um, I think ultimately you know when it comes to health and it comes to fitness like you are entitled to have the kind of goals you want to have and whether that be weight gain whether it be weight loss and I like to think that the content that I put out there is very much you know you're you're allowed to make these choices but it's just having an understanding that like the choices that you make are always going to have consequences um like I'm currently dieting at the moment and I'm I've been sharing a little bit of it on my on my Instagram and on my story but I'm also hyper aware that there's a lot of people that that might find that quite triggering as well so I'm, I'm very careful as to what I do put out there a lot of the time um and I think it's just it's ultimately I am a firm believer that nothing is worth like doing anything that is a detriment of your relationship with food or your relationship with your body and especially the way that I coach people um I like that is that's at the forefront you know you can have weight loss goals of course you're entitled to have those kind of goals but ultimately your relationship with food how you feel about your body your body image all of these things they have to come first because you can be in the best shape of your entire life but if you cannot go out for a meal with friends and enjoy you know an untracked meal or you know go over your calories and without it causing you extreme anxiety I'm sorry but it's just not worth it um and I feel like because I've been at that real extreme of the spectrum I can not only like pick it out of people I can see it I can I can see those behaviors um but I think that it it is it's just important for people to have that understanding um and I think in just the industry that we work in as well with so much diet culture and this this want and need and this idea that we need to be dieting and that especially as females I think I know males feel it as well that's not me just generalizing but you know it's this idea that we have to have these goals to be smaller and it's like well actually no like 
you you are entitled to to have the kind of goals you want but it's understanding the consequences that can come with it I guess yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's a very difficult balance to strike and you know it's like the the topic of obesity I mean mm-hmm. it's a very controversial topic to talk about however it's still an issue and so it's yeah. like you you know as a trainer you're helping people who struggle with their health. And so you mm-hmm. do need to talk about obesity. You need to talk about weight loss when it's actually needed. It's not about shaming. It's not about anything. No. Like that. It's just trying yeah. to separate facts from emotions. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that with clients? Right? Like, how, yeah. how do you do that? So how do you manage that with clients? Honestly, um, on an individual level, I, as a coach, I'm very process driven. Um, so, you know, we can have these goals. We can, we can have these set goals. You know, I need to lose X amount of weight to be, to be feeling better or not even focusing on weight, but you know, weight loss is a goal. Um, but it, it, for me, it would be like, right. Okay. That's the goal. How are we going to get there? But ultimately, how are we going to make you feel as good in the process? Like that is always absolute, like, forefront of my coaching um and ultimately you know if we can learn to enjoy the things we're doing day to day to enjoy the process to to ensure these like really healthy habits and these routines ultimately that goal is going to be like you are going to reach your goal but you're going to reach it in a way that ultimately you can sustain that as well and you can keep going um so yeah I would say that for me it's you know yeah okay we've got those goals and we will get there but that is not the sole focus while we're doing that right now because you are gain going to gain so much more during this process than what you're actually going to lose in terms of weight if that makes sense absolutely that's exactly the methodology I have with clients it's like let the Mm -hmm. weight loss be a byproduct yeah absolutely yeah yeah can you tell our listeners a little bit about your experience with HA recovery for those of you that don't know HA stands for hypothalamic amenorrhea and it's Mm -hmm. the loss of your period um I've been pretty vocal about my experience I've gone through it twice now um okay yeah the second time was unintentional um and that was it lasted for nine months and Mm -hmm. you know it was just a series of all of these events of stress and weight loss and over exercise sometimes yeah. it's intentional sometimes it's unintentional can you just go through your experience with it yeah absolutely um so I actually came off the pill um and it only really became apparent to me that I hadn't regained a cycle after about two or three months which they say you know once you come off a contraceptive pill it might take a little bit of time for things to regulate in terms of your natural hormones and things like that so you're kind of expecting that um so I came off the pill end of 2018 and it was only about we were actually on holiday at the time it was only um about March 2019 and it was actually Jake had listened to a podcast my partner Jake um had listened to a podcast on HA and he kind of flagged it to me I'd not really heard of it honestly and it wasn't something that I was really aware of um and it, it, it the more I looked into it the more I read about it I was like right okay this is probably something that I need to address and I need to deal with um at the time I was already working on increasing calories and um, because I had lost a significant amount of weight um I was 
you want to say I was reverse dieting um but taking it very steady you know it wasn't it was just kind of my weight was really holding steady I, I, I was still continued losing a little bit um and it was only really you know that was probably about the March when I became aware of what HA was it was only really getting probably about two or three months later when I started taking it seriously and I was like okay you know things still aren't still aren't happening um I still I even though I was eating more food consistently nothing was really happening um in terms of my weight I wasn't really gaining any weight um and it was starting to get to a point where I'd done enough research on it that I was like okay this is actually quite serious Mm -hmm. and I ended up reading the book no period now what um which I I highly recommend to a lot of people um it's very informative um and then I would say that it was probably I probably got to about August um and ended up being like right okay I I really do need to take this seriously now and at the time I was probably eating around maintenance calories and I wasn't making a huge active um decision to pull back on exercise or anything like that and I was like right okay do you know what I am going to put myself in an active calorie uh, calorie deficit no (laughs) calorie (laughs) surplus um so I probably was sitting in about a three to five hundred calorie surplus a day at this point and I made a conscious decision to pull back on my activity so strictly no cardio no hit and I was doing about four strength sessions a week but very much auto regulating those so it wasn't like I was going into the gym pushing for pbs each week um for for people who don't really know about HA either it's actually you will probably notice that things like strength and things like performance do um flatline a little bit you know you're not producing those hormones that really help with those um so I I was getting very I think that was where a lot of it was coming from was frustration that I wasn't really making any progress in any direction Um, and I knew that probably the the reason for this was because my hormones were just completely out of whack and I, I that was what I needed to address first um so I would say probably end of August I decided you know okay I'm going to commit to this I increased my calories I pulled back on my activity and I'm not going to lie to you it was hard um that mentally you know when you have spent what feels like your entire life trying to lose weight and get into great shape and to then turn that switch and be like no now I need to gain weight and I need to eat more and I need to do less it's really really hard um you know I did gain weight I gained um, a good couple of kilos I actually stopped weighing myself during the process because I just didn't really think that it was great for my head um, and it took approximately three months of doing that consistently and I got my first period mm-hmm. um, which yeah I mean I, I consider myself quite lucky that it, that it only really took that long for things to things to kind of snap back into place and since then I was very careful when I got my first recovery period that I continued doing what I was doing um, until I pretty much got my third and it was only then that I dropped down to more conservative maintenance calories started increasing my activity and actually it was more of a focus um, when I got a couple of periods of, of actually performance and strength because I really noticed even after getting that first recovery period, just like my strength and my performance really did skyrocket. It was actually quite cool to see. So that was a motivation for me. Um, and then, yes, yeah, since then, I've been really lucky that things have just um, worked like like clockwork, really. Um, but when you're in it, 
it's so difficult. I remember having some real low days, um, feeling quite lost, you know, wondering whether it was going to be worth it, whether I was going to get my period back, you know, how much weight am I going to have to gain? Yeah. And, and their answers, you can't, you can't, you can't answer them. You, you just don't know. Um, I mean, I actually coach, I've got a handful of girls at the moment who I coach, their primary goal is HA. And, you know, I have to have quite frank conversations with them when we do see that scale weight go up and we and we are actively gaining weight because it's like, this is part of the process and, you know, it, it's hard, but I cannot stress enough how worth it is. Like, honestly, when you actually understand and when you have that feeling that you know things are working out like your period stops for a reason you know you you know that things aren't right mm-hmm. um and just to have those hormones working again and as much as it can be a pain when the time of the month comes around like you just you just don't take it for granted again you really don't yeah yeah and especially you know I had a really good doctor that you know pretty much knew what was going on but I had seen another doctor prior and she was like oh it's fine if you don't have your period it's not fine if you don't have your period no I have that conversation and I actually do get messaged quite a lot advice on things like that and doctors responses a lot of the time are okay well we'll put you on the contraceptive pill because that's you know you'll have your monthly bleed but that's literally just masking the problem it's not solving it um they're exogenous hormones yeah yeah um so no I would always I mean obviously it's their decision you know it's your decision if you do want to go on the pill but I would always recommend that you actually deal with the root of the problem because you are really just masking it if you go on the pill and you know I for all of our listeners Kate and I aren't doctors we're not saying no no not see your (laughs) doctor no (laughs) um you know we're we're not saying we're qualified to talk about HA because we're doctors, um, but we both have firsthand experience. Um, we do work with clients and, and this is, you know, her experience and my experience. So always consult with your doctor, but there is a large group of doctors out there that will mm-hmm. just put you on the pill. So this yeah. book, no period. Now what um, is written by a doctor. And mm-hmm. she, she does say that is uh, an option, but it's not the only option. Yeah. And yeah. your, your best option is, is to eat more and yeah. get weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's important as well to understand that with HA, it's, it isn't always to do with weight and it yes. isn't always to do, you know, um, what you said about certain life events for yourself with like chronic stress and things like that. Like it's, ultimately it's as a result of stress and that can be, it can be physiologically, it can be emotional, um, psychological stress you know I've had conversations with people who've maybe lost a family member and that's been a trigger for losing their period and um, our bodies are very smart <laughs> very very smart yeah 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 can can you just talk a little bit more um, you know I I can relate with how emotionally hard it was to have to gain weight um, and what that does like you know um, also I'll add on to that what it was like to have to cut back your training as a personal trainer. Can you talk about that? Honestly, that was probably one of the hardest, hardest things for me because at the time I was working really long days. I've spent all day in a gym. 
seeing other people smashing it, you know, training clients who were smashing it. And it was really difficult to see that um, because I am very much a person where like I'll see somebody smashing their training. I want to join them. You know, I love training Mm. um, and having to really pull back on that and just kind of coast for a little bit was really really hard Um, and I think with just probably feeling a little bit more uncomfortable in my own skin and things like that um as I said that imposter syndrome probably was at its worst um because I at the time when I was actually recovering from HI I didn't really speak about it to anybody it was only my partner Jake that that knew that that's what that that's what I was going through so um although I'd kind of put a few things out on social media of like I'm shifting my goals you know I'm focusing more on getting strong and it I didn't actually post about it or talk about it until after I'd got that first recovery period so it was something that I was hyper aware of um and yeah in terms of just the whole weight gain thing it's as I said you know when you've spent so long dieting and trying to make yourself smaller to then go in the opposite direction um it really plays on your mind and you end up I think it's I was really lucky um again my partner Jake is fantastic and he was so supportive of me and he was he was somebody who you know he would be able to tell if I got to the end of the day and he'd be like Kate you've not hit your calories today come on like let's just get a couple of couple of squares of chocolate in you or something like that like he would call me out on it um so I was lucky that I had that support and that is something that I would honestly somebody going through it talk to people whether that's a friend whether that's your partner whether that's your parents like have somebody by your side who you can talk to um and have them support you as well and 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 give you that little boost and just remind you and I think that we do put a lot of our self-worth on our image and on our weight and it's almost you know reprogramming those thoughts and having that understanding that it doesn't matter if you gain a little bit of weight realistically nobody will probably notice it is a lot of it is is in your head um and I'm not saying that that makes it you know void it's not that that it's not that that makes it like it doesn't matter but nobody can really tell whether you're a couple of kilos heavier in the grand scheme of things like nobody can see that you might think they can um and you might be feeling a bit more uncomfortable because you're probably fuller you're probably eating more food but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're gaining weight at the rate of knots um I was as I said, probably in about three to 500 calorie surplus daily for three months. And I ended up only being about five or six kilos heavier than when I really started, which in the grand scheme of things, considering how much food I was eating, it's not that considerable. Yeah. 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 It's a very, very difficult road to recovery. It's, you know, cutting out cutting back on the training you almost feel like you're losing a part of your identity um it's just it it's been such a toxic mindset for women and body image that um you're totally right like having a strong support system is essential Mm -hmm. and if you don't have a strong support system this is one thing that i've just loved social media for i hate social media for a lot of things (laughs) yeah But one thing that I loved it for was this HA recovery community. Mm -hmm. And I've actually found so many accounts where we still follow one another. Yeah. Um, Two of the women are pregnant. Like it's 
you get to walk through that journey with them. I mean, like that first yeah. recovery period, like people are posting, you're like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's- I know. I, I always say nothing makes me happier. I will get messages from people out of the blue saying, Kate, I got my period back. Like you, you were the one that really kind of pushed me to commit to the journey. And I'm like, that's, that's madness to me. Um, and even just the girls that I coach, um, we've had a couple of breakthroughs recently and um there's like no better feeling than that because I I get very I get very invested in all my clients but I know how hard that journey is and I know how hard it is putting your trust in somebody else like having somebody tell you to eat more to do less and it, it's literally going against everything in you and mm-hmm. um, to put for them to put their trust in me I take that responsibility incredibly you know it's very important to me and I want to do right by them yeah do you have you been um trepidatious uh, a bit afraid to put that you're dieting now because of yeah what's what's yeah. that like and I won't lie I, I actually when I kind of embarked on this diet um I was very open I did do a bit of a talking chat on my stories of just being like I this is like something that I'm doing it's something that I'm doing for myself and it's something that I'm actually quite excited about doing um however I am hyper aware of you know the kind of people that follow me and I've been very open if that if, if, if it's not something you need to see right now please unfollow me like do not think that you know you need to consume that kind of content it's something that I say to people all the time like if you are consuming things that are ultimately not helping you or triggering you get rid like do not do not do it to yourself um but it's actually been really lovely because I've had a lot of people you know reach out and say that almost me getting to the point in my journey it almost gives them a little bit of hope that they can in the future Mm. have like physique goals again and you know get really strong in the gym again and all of these things and although that that shouldn't be a you know a real acute goal right now it I think it does help knowing that there is life after HA and Mm -hmm. as long as you're smart about it and as long as you don't completely put your body through the ringer um you know you can have these kind of goals again um so yeah it's definitely something I was a little bit nervous of. it's something I'm still very conscious of um with what I put out there but it has been lovely you know the response that you get people are generally very supportive oh that's wonderful yeah I was you know curious about that just with with cancel culture being alive and well right you have to yeah. be you have to be so careful and I mean you're you're always gonna offend someone if you're not exactly. if you're not offending anyone you're probably not saying anything um true true right. yeah and I've, I've also been quite honest as well like my Instagram started as like my own personal journey it was something that I started years and years ago and obviously it's evolved into being more of like my business now and you know that's that's where I get clients and that's how I commun- communicate with people and ultimately help people um, but there is still a part of me that still likes sharing you know a lot of myself and my life and I think that that's part of what draws people probably to me and my Instagram is that I am just quite honest and and relatable generally um I don't you know sugarcoat things I'm 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 very very upfront about things um and yeah I like I like to share share my life and I guess you've got to understand that there's going to be some people that it's not going to align with with what they're currently doing 
Yeah. Yeah. And if they get offended, like it's totally, um, that's, that's their right to, to not. Yeah, of course. Um, of course. I, I think, you know, your heart shines through on, on your posts. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the main thing is just knowing that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but a lot yeah. of people you will be, and, and you'll help those you're meant to help. Exactly. And the way I see it, you know, those messages that I get from the odd person being like that post really helped me. Like, honestly, my viewpoint is if it genuinely does just help a couple of people and it's what they needed to say, that's, that's worth it for me. Yeah. I think you're helping more than a couple of people. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's go on to a few fun questions just for the last um, part of our episode. You're a big foodie. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the best thing you've ever eaten? The best meal you've ever eaten? Oh, my goodness me. You know, this is so funny because uh, me and my partner, Jacob, actually just started a podcast um, and we did um, our intro episode the other week. And this was one of our questions. It was what was the best thing you've eaten in the last year? Um, The best meal I've ever eaten would have to be um, there is a restaurant in the north like North Yorkshire in England um, and it's called the Raby Hunt and Mm -hmm. it's a Michelin star restaurant two Michelin star restaurant um, and I think it was like a 15 course menu um, and it's something that we still talk about all the time every single course was just standout honestly it was just it absolutely blew us away Um, and yeah, that's that's probably got to be um, the Raby Hunt in North Yorkshire. Um, that restaurant, if anyone's heard of it, they'll they'll know that it's pretty special. Um, and yeah, it's it's like really amazing. Like you've got just like a carbonara, but it was a tiny portion of it, and just like yeah. the best carbonara you've ever tasted. Um, and like a croque monsieur, and yeah, just really good produce, really good um, ingredients. Mm. The just to divert a little bit how how do you remain a foodie but still stay so fit because like you're a fit woman right Uh how do you you remain a foodie and eat all the decadent food and still remain fit oh god honestly I would say that you know I have I mean generally day to day we we don't eat you know very extravagantly um I mean obviously at the minute with the way with the way the world is um obviously with the pandemic and we can't remember the last time I sat in a restaurant Mm. um but I think it's just having that you know moderation and that balance like I get so much joy out of food um and you know I, I would say that mine and my partner's thing is going to restaurants and we will plan holidays around the restaurants that we're going to go yeah. to. And most of our income goes on food and restaurants, I won't lie. Um, so we make it work. And sometimes it means, you know, um, like, like accounting for it. Some Sometimes, you know, you might pull back a little bit elsewhere. Um, but very much, I mean, going for like a 15 course tasting menu, there's no way that I would go with the opinion that I'm going to count calories on that. It is very much just we go and we enjoy every single mouthful and it's worth it. You know, I, I see food is so much more than just of course it's it's important it's fuel it's nutrients and all of these things but it's so much more than that and the experiences that I have had with food are so worth you know that 
indulgence and um yeah I'm also quite lucky that I am very active and my general you know my maintenance calories are generally quite high um so it, it does just mean being a little bit careful elsewhere when we have these indulgent meals and it doesn't really doesn't really like matter a great deal yeah I think you know that's a really important um thing to bring up to our listeners when you have the, a healthy relationship with food you don't mm-hmm. look at it as like oh this is my cheat meal it's just like you just no. you just go and enjoy and it takes that taboo away yeah from food and you don't feel like you need to eat a whole box of cookies when you come home because tomorrow you're going to be on a diet totally I mean I I love everything I eat I even at the moment with dieting you know my daily meals um, I'm lucky that Jake's a very very good cook (laughs) Um, but my daily meals you know I enjoy everything I do eat it's not like like if I was to go on holiday I would be excited to come home and eat my normal meals because I genuinely do enjoy them you know I, I always post like my morning oats every day and they I look forward to them every single day and I think that's also the key is if you're enjoying what you're eating day to day you don't feel like you're on a diet um you don't feel like you need to stray from that and constantly go on and off the wagon I think that's something that in the past I was definitely guilty of just eating things I think I should and not really getting any enjoyment out of it but you know you can still eat the things you love um and and reach your goals absolutely Mm, I 100% agree what is Mm. your favorite recipe that you're making right now in terms of like just you know, your, your, how you remain sane in COVID with food. What's your favorite recipe? Ooh, do you know, that's really hard. And um, I love sort of like Asian flavors. Um, so anything um, like stir fries, um, mm. we eat quite a lot of sort of like fresh fish and things like that. So I would say it would always like our go-to would be some sort of like an Asian, Asian-y stir fry um, with some like a really nice piece of salmon. Um, and yeah, I mean, most evenings we do, cook um mix up our dinners um and yeah get a lot of pleasure out of them amazing amazing what is the number one piece of at-home gym equipment you would recommend I would say resistance bands um honestly if you'd have told me this time last year that I would have spent probably a year programming for people (laughs) with just resistance bands I would have laughed in your face however here we are we're still we're still going with them um yeah I mean resistance bands are fantastic they're so um I say they're so cheap I feel like the inflation on them in the last sort of 12 months has gone up ridiculously um but they're so versatile. Like I've got clients who just have resistance bands um, and the variety and, and what you can get out of them is fantastic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's your favorite workout song currently? Ooh, oh, God, that's a good, that's a good question. Do you know, honestly, I couldn't tell you. I'm actually, when I'm training at home, this is really bad. I see if I'm training in a gym, I've got my headphones on, I'm in the zone. I'm much more distracted when I'm at home. And that's something that I cannot wait to get back in a gym for just to have like my time back, if that makes sense. Um, so I find that I'll between sets, you know, you end up doing some washing up or you end up putting the laundry out or I'll be answering emails where you just wouldn't dream of doing that. So I've actually not really been listening to music whilst training recently. Um, 
but now anything with just a good beat and just something that I love musical music when I'm training um I know that sounds really strange but like the greatest showman or anything like that is just exactly what I need to get going (laughs) yeah my husband um he's British so he always listens he tunes into radio one and yeah I mean like I just have to say it the music's better in the UK (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you know I've not listened to a radio in so long yeah such a throwback (laughs) it is a throwback that's that's my husband for you but it's uh, yeah (laughs) dance music um what has been your favorite place to travel favorite place to travel I would probably say New York City mm-hmm. um I actually when I was studying at uni I spent nine months out there Um, I ended up I was living just outside of um so I was in Greenwich in Connecticut just outside New York City um and I love that city so much um and we've actually talked about it's my dream to spend Christmas in New York um I I, I always laugh at something about it must have just been watching like Home Alone in New York with the yeah. Rockefeller tree <laughs> that is like that for me will be like this is a dream come true um so yeah I'm desperate to have a Christmas in New York what has been your favorite restaurant in New York Oh, honestly, I don't think I could tell you an, an, a restaurant. Um, when I was there, it was very student vibes. Um, I'd say that probably one of my favourite things I ate when I was there was artichoke pizza. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, but it oh, sounds amazing. Honestly, I think it's I think it's like a chain. It's got a couple. It's like a takeaway pizza place, but yeah. it was almost like a really creamy base and it's been so long now that I don't know if I've just hyped it up in my head that it's this like amazing thing but I know when I go back I have to go back to this artichoke pizza place because it's 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 lasting memories (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. New York does a good pizza yeah I'm desperate to go to Joe's yeah didn't do that yeah my husband and I went there and it is yeah absolutely yeah lives up to its name yeah I can imagine Okay, last question. If you were stranded on a desert island and you could only pick one food to eat for the rest of your life, what would it be? Do you know, this is, if, I think if somebody knows me quite well, they'll know what I'll say. And um, it would have to be oats. Oh. And I know, yeah, I have my morning oats every single morning um, and I always have different flavored like protein powders in them um, and it's honestly I just love it like people laugh at me because I'll sometimes have it twice a day because it's yeah. just so filling and tasty I've got such a sweet tooth and yeah. um, so yeah I'd say you know my morning bowl of oats just brings me so much happiness I'll always sit down I'll either train first thing take the dog for a walk come back and when I just sit down with that bowl of oats it's like we're good we've got this <laughs> Amazing. So is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with just like any kind of encouragement or advice? Um, Oh, I don't know. I guess, you know, whoever's listening to this, um, whatever your goals are, you know, whether your goals currently are regaining a healthy menstrual cycle or weight loss or weight gain. um, I guess it's just be a little bit kinder to yourself in the process. Um, I wish that that's something that I'd taken on board years and years ago. Have a little bit of self-compassion, um, especially at the moment with the way the world is. You know, the last 12 months haven't been easy. Um, and just make sure that what you're doing is the right thing for you 
um and you know you're you're going about it in the best possible way that's gonna maintain both mental and physical health I would say Mm. and where can our listeners find you so you can find me at on Instagram. Um, my username is Curves on Kate, um, and we have also just started our own podcast as well. And um, so the Beyond Fitness Coaching podcast. So that's all all very exciting at the moment. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. I know our listeners. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know our listeners are going to get so much out of this. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Don't forget to subscribe to my channel on iTunes and please leave me a review so we can get this message of better health out there. Have a great day and remember, you are powerful over your health.